guys, and thank you for listening to the Campus Safety Voices podcast. My name is Amy Rock, and I am Senior Editor for Campus Safety. Each year, Campus Safety has a Director of the Year Awards program that recognizes K-12, higher ed, and hospital police chiefs, security directors, emergency managers, or heads of security and or public safety who demonstrate outstanding leadership skills, ingenuity, and selflessness. We name a winner from each sector at one of our Campus Safety Conferences. The nomination materials we receive for each finalist are chock full of notable accomplishments. To give the finalists more deserved recognition, we like to chat with them further to highlight a few of their most impressive accomplishments or achievements they are especially proud of. One of the higher ed finalists is Andy Stevenson, who is Director of Public Safety and Chief of Police at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. In our discussion, Andy spoke to the school's Police Officer Development Program, which is a two-year program designed to equip students with the knowledge, skills, and training to become fully sworn police officers, all while they are completing their undergraduate and graduate degrees. Andy goes in-depth about the program's training requirements, which exceeds the state's minimum training standards. Take a listen. Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Thank you for speaking with me today, uh, Andy, and you're Director of Public Safety and Chief of Police at Appalachian State University. Is that how you say it? That okay. is correct. All you right. said it right. <laughs> All right. Um, and you're also a 2022 Campus Safety Director of the Year finalist. And so let's start off by discussing uh, your police officer development program, you know, why it was created, what, what does it entail, and what makes it unique? Well, our police officer development program is unique. We actually we actually copied a little bit. I don't know if you're aware, but I was at Indiana University's police department from 1995 to 2017. And so Indiana University has a similar program, which has been there since 1972. I'm actually a graduate of that program and Indiana University's Police Academy as well. Um, So we stole a little bit from them. We created our own police police officer development program here at Appalachian State. And we did it for several reasons. A, it's a good business model. Um, It's also great for student success, uh, for students who are interested in criminal justice system careers. It's also a great paying part-time job. Um, you know, if you're interested in something else, we've, we've had students who've gone on to become lawyers, and doctors, and, and those types of things, never, never got into a criminal justice system professional profession at all. Um, and so um, it's also a way that we are uh, producing better police officers, um, where our, our training exceeds the state's minimum training standards uh, to become a certified police officer in North Carolina. We exceed that by hundreds of hours. Um, and so um, our participants in our program uh, who do go on to be- become police officers are entering the, are entering the, entering the field um, in a position that enables them to achieve much more success early on um, than a normal police officer candidate. And so our program's a, normally a two-year, but it could also be a three-year program. could be longer than that, depending on... Uh, the, the status of the participant as a student here at Appalachian State. One of the requirements is that you have to be a full-time Appalachian student um, to gain entry into the program. But we start out, we hire, we have 53 what we call cadets coming in in August, and they will participate for at least an academic year, sometimes two, depending on their age. Um, 
they will be in a cadet status. They're in a training status for an academic year. They work uh, security assignments on campus. They work uh, some security at our main library. They work some security at our College of Health Sciences. They work for security for housing. Uh, they work security at events, you know, football games and basketball games, auditorium events, our Schaefer Center here on campus uh, has uh, weekly events, sometimes multiple events per week that they provide security for. Um, and so following that um, academic year as a police cadet, we run our own police academy here on campus every summer. Um, and it starts the Monday after commencement and concludes the Friday before classes start in August. Uh, and so we cram it all into one one summer. And again, it's it's 40 plus hours a week. We uh, we exceed the state's minimum training standards. So we I mean, we go on Saturdays and everything else to get all of our training in during the summertime. Uh, but once they graduate from our police academy that we hold every summer, uh, they then uh, become certified North Carolina police officers, fully sworn police officers in the state. And they continue to work for us as part time police officers. Um, until they earn their degrees and they could stay, they could stay with us. You know, obviously we have students here who are um, earning bachelor's degrees, but they could stay with us in our program as long as they're full-time students. So they could go on and get master's degrees and PhDs or, um, you know, doctorates, whatever, whatever they like, as long as they're a full-time student. Uh, so it's a fantastic program. It, we pay participants, both cadets and part-time police officers, uh, an hourly wage for all of the training they take part in and all of the assignments that they work for us. They're paid going through the police academy in the summer, uh, which is 40 plus hours a week for them. So that's, uh, you know, that's a fantastic summer job. Um, and so we're, we're really, um, you know, it's, we're really re reforming the way that police officers are trained. And again, we're, you know, traditionally we're putting, anyone can decide right now uh, that they, I, you know, I think I want to be a police officer. In six to eight, nine months from now, they could literally be out patrolling the community alone in a patrol car, right? They're not prepared to do that. We're not, we're putting people in this field who um, are not prepared to solve the societal issues that they're going to encounter as a police officer based on the minimum training standards. And so we're, we're exceeding those and our participants are graduating, obviously, with college degrees. Um, they have two years at least two years experience working uh, for a police department. They're certified North Carolina police officers um, and they, um, you know, have undergone a lot more training than the traditional police recruit. Awesome. I love that you've, you've gone through similar training as well because you can kind of understand, I'm sure there's a lot of balancing and trying to do your, you know, get your degree and then also balancing the work. So you can kind of uh, relate to them about that. And I think that probably uh, is comforting in a lot of ways to, to a lot of the cadets. Absolutely. It is. I've, I, like you say, I've, I've gone through what they're going through. I know how challenging it is to balance, um, balance all the work and training you have to do to be in this program with, with, uh, um, you know, with your, with your studies, with academics. And so academics do come first. Um, you know, we, we understand class schedules and work around those. And we, we understand commitments outside of, of our policing program. And so we're very flexible with schedules. We, uh, in fact, participants choose their own schedules. We have scheduling meetings, uh, periodically, and then we'll have available shifts that need to be covered and they'll, they'll sign up for those based on their class schedules. Um, 
And so academics definitely do come first. We're supporting the academic mission of the university. And now you said they also, the training curriculum exceeds uh, state's minimum training standards. What added training do your officers go through that, you know, some other police officers in the state might not? Well, we, you know, if you look at, if you look at most, all states, really, I mean, there's, there's minimum state training standards, and those are constantly evolving based on the needs of our communities and, and our society as a whole. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're training police officers, um, the operational aspect of being a police officer. We're training them, you know, we give them driving training. We, we take them to the firing range and have them qualify with weapons and teach them how to shoot, right? We uh, teach them how to investigate crashes and, um, you know, fill out traffic tickets and misdemeanor tickets and those types of things. We teach them how to handcuff and how to defend themselves. Um, and so we incorporate we incorporate more things that they need in the field that will help them be successful, such as communication skills. Um, we also bring in fair and impartial policing to talk about implicit bias and, and uh, you know, expose all of our officers, including our full-time officers, um, you know, to, to those types of needs. We uh, conduct uh, cultural training. We, we educate our officers about different cultures and um, you know, different ethnicities and those types of things. Um, and so we're really expanding on the types of things that, um, you know, police officers in a traditional setting traditionally in the United States have learned over the course of their careers. You know, you're basically self-taught those things when you enter the profession, you go through your training, um, you're out on the street as a police officer. And really it's really it's four or five years before you're actually competent, um, you know, on the street as a patrol officer. And so we're, we're giving our participants an advantage, um, you know, including including more trainings that, because we've got, we have them longer. We're not we're not just you know this isn't just about our police academy. Um, we we have them for two and three years sometimes, right? And so we're we're able to incorporate a lot more training throughout the course of that. We consider them to be in a training capacity uh, the entire time they're with us. They do work out in the field. Our part time police officers uh, make arrests. They respond to calls for service. They're they're on foot patrols at our dormitories uh, seven days a week. They're when classes are in session. Um, but again, we consider them to be in a training capacity. So when they do respond to those calls for service uh, and do get in those situations, whether that's initiated or they're responding to something, um, a full time police officer goes with them, and sort of guides them through that. Right? It's all training process. Um, and so it really is a fantastic program. It's giving. It's changing the, the, scape of, the landscape of policing in North Carolina. Um, all of our, again, we're bringing in 53 uh, this August for this program. And, um, you know, we've got 100% higher rate. They're the hottest commodities in the state as far as police recruits go. Um, and it's also a great program for our full-time officers because we, we are training, we're training new police officers. And so we're, and we're running our own police academy. And so we... Uh, are in a position where we need subject matter experts. And so there's not, you know, if we, if the training will benefit the organization, we'll, we'll send our officers training anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Um, you know, if it's valuable training, will help us produce better police officers. Yeah, I feel like another advantage to that too is, uh, you know, municipalities that are hiring your cadets that are coming out, the, these are clearly, I say kids, because they, they're, you know, pretty young, that, are dedicated to it because having to balance, like I was saying, having to balance full-time school with this as well. And it's, that's 
not easy. And I think they can see, you know, dedication to bettering themselves with their schooling and then also dedication to, to policing just makes them an ideal employee in, in more ways than one. Absolutely. Now, I, I was looking at the website for the program before our chat, and it says that there is no additional cost beyond regular tuition. How is that made possible? Well, again, we are uh, paying them for every hour of training they undergo, including the police academy training hours. And we obviously pay them for work assignments that they participate in. And so, again, I mentioned I mentioned before, this has become the business model for security on our campus. And so uh, we're able to we don't have any outside security vendors who work on our campus because we're bringing in the number of personnel. We can do that ourselves. And so we're, we're providing better security coverage because, um, you know, unlike outside security vendors or third-party security vendors, all of our employees are vetted by us. Um, our police cadets and part-time officers, obviously they go through the uh, entire hiring process of, of a full-time police officer. And so we're doing extensive background checks, um, they're getting psychological evaluations, um, all of those types of things. And so the employees are vetted by us. Uh, they can communicate directly with our communication center, with our dispatch center. Um, we know them, obviously they know the officers who are out on patrol and those types of things. So our, uh, departments on campus who require security are getting a better product and we're able to undercut, obviously we're able to undercut the price of the outside security vendors. So the university saves money as a whole, right? We also recharge for uh, security services that we provide. And so if you're, you know, for example, um, athletics pays us for security at a football game, right? And so another thing we're able to do now because of the number of personnel we have is we don't have any uh, outside law enforcement agencies who come in um, and help us provide security for large events, uh, which, which would require us paying their officers an overtime rate usually, right? Um, so we're able to undercut those things. So the entire university saves money in that regard. We actually bring in uh, some money throughout the course of the year based on our recharge rates and, and the rate of pay for um, our police officer development personnel. Um, and so we're actually recouping a lot of that money um, you know, that we're paying out, especially for the academy training in the summer, we recruit a lot of that. So it's, it's actually pretty cost effective. And I, I imagine having a, you had said you kind of mirrored the other program that you were a part of. So that probably helped showing the benefits of that, but did you have any challenges or pushback while trying to create a similar program for your campus? Um, not really. I think, I think there was concern in the fact that um, you know, just the attitude toward policing in society today. Um, I think there was some pushback, think, you know, that with the, maybe the mindset that we're just re reproducing the status quo, that we're just, um, you know, putting police officers out there who are going to perform traditionally the way that police officers have. And so that, that's absolutely not the case. Again, it's a lot of it is based on police reform. We want uh, to give police officers the training they need that they normally don't get in any state um, prior to the beginning of their careers. So we want to give them the training that they need to be successful in our communities. Um, and, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things I heard, and you, and you mentioned it earlier, you, you referred to them as kids, right? And so if you, look at, if you look at police officer hiring, you have to be 20, 21 years old in, in almost every state to become a police officer, right? 
And so, um, you know, our part-time police officers are old enough, obviously, to become certified police officers in North Carolina, or they, or they wouldn't be able to go to our academy. Um, and so really the only difference between, um, between our part-time police officers who are in our police officer development program and someone we would hire, um, you know, that gets hired every day as a full-time police officer across the country, really the only difference there is the word student, right? They're adults. They're the same age as other police officers that we would bring in from the outside. Uh, the difference is they know the university culture. They know the student culture. Uh, they have a vested interest in the university, right? It's a part of their lives and, and would be with or without this program. Um, and so we're, we, we didn't, you know, other than those, other than those things, which are easily explainable and, and, um, you know, if you just sit, sit down and have a conversation about it, we're able to alleviate those concerns pretty quickly. It'll be interesting to see kind of the generational differences in officers. And I'm sure with any generation, that new generation that comes in, there's a lot of differences, but I feel like the younger generation is just more well-versed in the importance of diversity and representation, just because as a society, we're reiterating its importance in need for it to be. So it'll be interesting to see how that's reflected, you know, kind of naturally in some ways in policing. Yeah, absolutely. And we and we're able to um, provide, uh, uh, I guess, additional diversity within our department because of this program. Uh, if you look at if you look at the demographics of the 53 that we're bringing in, in August, and this has been the standard uh, really through, uh, we started this in 2018. Um, and so every year we have a diverse group of students who participate. We have, we have students of color. We have uh, of the 53 coming in in the fall of 2022, uh, 29 of those are women. Um, and so it's really, it's really fantastic. And, and like I said, we, we've, we've got, um, agencies from all over the state who want to come up here and recruit those who are in our program and those types of things. So it's, um, you know, not only does it benefit our campus, not only does it benefit the individual student, obviously, uh, benefits our campus, makes us a safer campus, um, and it benefits policing as a whole. And so it's, it's, it's something that we think is, is, a is just, we think, obviously we think it's innovative. We think it's, we think it's uh, something that's going to change the scope of policing and, um, you know, our, our universities have to get involved in police officer training. They just have to. We're, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you could, you could decide now to become a police officer and, and certainly within a year, uh, be out patrolling on your own and, and you're not, you know, you're not, you're just not prepared to handle that. And so we need to, um, we need to professionalize the, the job, you know, traditionally it's been a blue collar job. We need to professionalize that. We need to professionalize the training and um, create higher standards for those who are getting into the field. And, um, you know, it's really, really, in my opinion, there's not a more important job in our society, right? We're protecting people's lives. And, um, you know, I think we've, we've got to um, really look at this and um, think about how far we want to go and changing it, right? And so we don't, Look at the extensive training and, and schooling that doctors undergo or that attorneys undergo. And to me, policing is no different, right? It requires, requires much more education and training than we've been providing in the past. And, and our universities are the key to that. And this program really, in my mind, is a, is a, is a first step to get to those types of things. I was not expecting you to say that many women were, were in the incoming class. Have you had that 
that high of a number before? Uh, we have, we have, we, our numbers were down uh, the last couple of years because of COVID and, uh, you know, just um, online classes and those types of things. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, I think in, I think in 2020, we, we ended up graduating only 14 recruits um, because of the pandemic, yeah. but nine of those were women. And so that's, that's been the trend here on our campus, at least, is that we're, um, you know, just getting a broad representation of, of our, of our student body, which is fantastic. And that's what, that's what, um, you know, police officers should mirror demographically the, the communities that they serve. And we're certainly doing that. Absolutely. And do you have any, are there any statistics you can share related to the effectiveness of the program, effectiveness, excuse me, of the program? I know your nomination had said that officers are the, and you mentioned it before, are the most sought after police recruit uh, in the state. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, we've, we've had over a hundred students go through our program since 2018. We have a hundred percent higher rate. Um, we've, we have a hundred percent success rate with North Carolina state exam. Um, you know, if all, at the end of the police academy training, everyone has to pass a, a uh, certification exam given in North Carolina. We've got 100% success rate with that. Uh, and so really, you know, I, I, can, I can really sit here and say that if you go through our program, we can almost guarantee you uh, a job in the, in the criminal justice profession.